Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. <laughs> so we're here at the Royal Turtle Conservation Society. We've been doing like there's there's kind of like a rotating group of us. Jen and I are kind of like the originals, and we like to bring in people to, to hang out and talk about stuff with us. Um, my name is Tanya, and tonight we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the complicated fandom. Um, we can start with you. Introduce yourself. My name is Shelby McBride. Uh, I'm a photographer and also an artist. Um, I adore uh, Harry Potter. Um, since it became a little more complicated, I don't call it Harry Potty. That's uh, it. We'll just go down the road. <laughs> We're just pretty relaxed tonight. Excellent. It's been a long day. All right, I'll go next then. Uh, so my name is Chaz Kemp. I am an illustrator from Denver. Uh, I am your artist guest of honor this year, because uh, Perry Charlotte, who could not make it. Um, I uh, have done close to 300 uh, book covers, magazine covers, that sort of thing. Uh, Donald's work with uh, various corporations. I'm also an uh, art director. Um, and one of the things about Harry Potter that I find very, very interesting and fascinating about the way things are going now is how easy is it to separate the art from the artist while the artist is still alive. So. Uh, Jen Sanov, um, I'm an illustrator and Um, is kind of 
signaling that you're okay with that. And that's the hard part. Like, it's not even supporting her financially, which I don't do anymore. Um, but even by saying, this is something I'm, I'm good with, it's like, I want to make sure I'm not sending a signal to that community that I am with her. You know, so that's that's why it's hard for me. No, it's totally valid. And I mean, just to read the description of the panel, we have like that for a lot of us, Harry Potter played a really large part in our lives at some point. I mean, depending on your age, it may have even, you may have grown up with Harry Potter. Um, and then at, at a certain point, the author's personal views made everything very complicated. And so tonight we're gonna just, we're not gonna try to get too deep into the weeds, but we're gonna try to be thoughtful about it because it's, it can be difficult. Like, exactly. And because it's like, there are a lot of different, like, I mean, there are a lot of points of view about how someone can continue to engage with media when the creator has been just completely awful, especially if it's the point that they're still alive. Because sometimes it's really hard to keep separating the art if the person who created it won't stop talking and being <laughs> terrible. Because it's like, sometimes it's like, you go for a while and you don't hear about her, and then every so often it's like, oh. Players yeah, and it's like so like I something else incurable. <laughs> I like I found out about Harry Potter when I got a job at Borders. And I think like I, I kind of heard people like, talk about it. I think on the Daily Show. They talked about, like, they were making fun of the people who thought it was satanic. And so, like, I, like, my first thing with the book was I worked the release night for book four, mm -hmm. and I just saw how happy everyone was. And one of my managers was, oh, you've never read it. Oh, you need to read that. You would love it. And she's right, I did. And I just, all the books, they were, I just, I really love them. I like, I sorted myself into a house, Hufflepuff. Heck yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I like got, like, I got some merch. Like, my friends and I were like, oh yeah, oh no, like talking about our houses and all the traits and all this. And it was just a really good time. And the stories taught lessons on standing up to bullies, standing up to tyrants, the importance of finding friendship and finding your people. And maybe that when the people in authority are telling you this is the way things are, that if it's wrong, you should do something about it, you know? And like, I mean, I still have some of the things because I'm just like, really know what I want to do with these anymore. And it's like, I have actually since worn a cosplay here that um, Jocelyn referred to as being a debauched Hufflepuff. <laughs> I had like like a tank top on, open up shirt, and like tie undone. Because the Hufflepuffs just throw the best parties. That is awesome. I got it on, but like I got it on that day, and I looked at Jen and and our friend Coral, and I'm like, should I wear this? Yeah. And we kind of decided that, like, I'm not actually trying to, like, do anything really, like, you know, so. official or, like, 
I'm not trying to dress as a Harry Potter specific character or pay some specific homage. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but it, yeah, you know, it, some thought can go into it. And when I first found out the things, what she was like, and it's one of those things where when she started to, when she started to show her true colors, other people in other communities were like, We've been saying this all along. There are these terrible themes in these books, and I'm like, uh, I didn't notice them. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, when you grow and you change, and you look back at your media you loved like 15, 20 years later, you can go, oh, oh. <sighs> you know? So, yeah, I guess. Okay. And whoever would like to go next. So the question is, is the personal flaws of the creator have anything? in any way diminish the the quality of their creation or, or the, the love for their creation? Well, and that's, that's, that's kind of question. That's right. question. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 well, think that's I would say there's two issues with Harry Potter. There's not only the turf issue, you know, the, the comments that she's made and doubled down on in the media, but then there's her depiction of people of Jewish descent or her I have no knowledge I, that. I never read into that. I didn't think about yeah. that. You didn't I never read no. into that, no. I, I really didn't. That. And I well, Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like seriously, I mean that was yeah. something that I was kind of like, oh, you know, I get the turf thing, mm -hmm. but um, the anti Semitic comments, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I see it. And my husband sat down with me and started going through the book and was like have you thought about how they portray the goblins? Mm -hmm. You know, and have you really thought about and read into it and yeah. the depiction and how they look? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can kind of see that. And like the, it goes in like the historical way that Jewish people have been demonized over the, over the years. Correct. And some of the, and it was kind of, some of, I saw some images where it was kind of like that and I was like, oh. It hurts. I, I so, am totally blanking because I don't know who the god is. I don't remember the... The bankers. The, the bankers. Oh, Green God. So, so, Green so, God. so Green that's God. one of those things where I wonder, is it was it deliberate? Because I know that, like, I've looked at some of the pictures. Because I do, I mean, if you look at the illustrations, some of the stuff, you know, I, I mean, I, I can see it, but I don't... Maybe I'm looking for the best in people where I don't necessarily know if something like that would be deliberate because I could see how that could be coincidental. Um, if that makes any sense at all. Um, my thing is um, that when people that are the ones that are affected by this, when their voices yeah. are coming forward saying that this is a thing, mm -hmm. I listen to them. Yeah, you know, so I'm, like I didn't see it either because it wasn't something I was looking for. I also mm -hmm. am, I think people are inherently good. I look mm -hmm. for good in everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is entirely bad. Mm -hmm. Like, there's good in everyone. And so mm -hmm. I miss a lot of those things, too, just because yeah. that's not where my mind goes. Right, you know? exactly. So it's like when these communities come forward and say, like, this is a thing that's affecting us, I defer to them. So right. like, that's, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I agree with your point of view. And if it's something that hasn't been a trope in your life, you can miss it. Right. And there's also, you know, um, the, the dispense of reality, yeah. right? You're suspending reality while yeah. you're reading this fantasy. Yeah. So you may not pick up. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, but it's also, it's also the thought, too, I mean, of if you are not inherently sensitive to those kinds of things, then, yeah, you could miss a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if she 
was racist towards black people, reading Harry Potter, I would look through that and go, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. But I am also very sensitive to a lot of those tropes throughout history. Mm-hmm. When they, like, like you said, when Jewish people come up and say, hey, this is wrong, the rest of us have to listen because it's like, oh, because they are sensitive to those kinds of tropes for their people. Yeah, so, yeah, she said it. I was just thinking that. Go team. We could be Hufflepuff, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was gonna. When it comes to the goblin, like the European goblin trope, you kind of have to come after a great many, uh, very famous or otherwise. You just have to come after a great many authors and a great many stories because it's just, it's a goblin trope, and it's been a. It, it did come from you know racist Jewish stereotypes it did, but we know that now. We, we, we can take a look back and go look how this developed in our cartoons and in our fairy tales, we know that. Um, but I mean, you have to come after a, a branch of storytelling at that point, a branch of modern storytelling, because you'd have to come after Tolkien, you'd have to come after, who am I, I had another name in the top of my head. You'd have to, have to come after people who use goblins. But should we? I think we should examine it. I think we should recognize the issue. And I'm Jewish speaking. Like my grandmother was a, was a refugee, so like I'm I'm Jewish. Um, and I re- I was taught about this trope early on, so I grew up saying, hmm, there's the goblin trope, but they're goblins, and I don't think it's on purpose. There's the goblin trope. I think they're moving adult themes into this. This might be on purpose. I, I never you know? associate goblins with Jews. The Jewish. Little, little, eyed dark-haired, money-grubbing people. You know, it's that whole thing. No, I, I feel completely blunt. I never heard that. I, yeah. Well, again, if you're not part of that culture, you're probably yeah. you wouldn't necessarily be automatically sensitive to it, and that's that's probably that's part of the problem. But you know, when you look at and forgive me for speaking for for you and your people, I don't intend to. But um, Jewish people have been. Treated very, very poorly by just about every culture in the world for centuries, and so yeah, it's it's. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just one of those things um, where it's almost kind of like people choose that as easy targets sometimes. When you know, throughout literature, I mean, Lovecraft picked on black people constantly. You know, so when you see stuff like that. You can go, well, you know, maybe it's on purpose, maybe it's not, but it still affects me. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the effect is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, Look, you know, that you, might, you can please speak for yourself. I don't need to speak for you. <laughs> at the end of the day, what would we say the effect is? That it hurts. So I think I think communities that are affected by these stereotypes are also divided on that matter. Oh yeah, there's yeah. never going to be one single voice for any community. Like there's, it's definitely divided because there's there are people who say it wasn't intentional or I don't see it, and then there's the other in that same community that are like, absolutely not, this is not okay. Speaking so, as a Jew, most of the Jews I know are like, are we really trying to fuss about that? I mean, nobody remembers this is Jews unless you study your history. And exactly. it's important to remember that it's Jews. It is. It's important to remember that Jews are caricaturized as goblins in our fairy tales. But it's also important to remember that sometimes a goblin's a goblin because we, we forgot that part and then they were goblins. And aren't there other problems in goblins? Yeah. Are there other problems yeah. about whether or not this and this originated from 
something bad, mm -hmm. but something we left behind, and now it's just a creature. Mm -hmm. like, it can be creature right now if it's just a creature. Yeah. If it's a Jewish stereotype, if it's and if it's if it's allegory, well, of course it's important to be attuned to that when you're when you're going through the story, mm -hmm. when you're trying to develop your opinions about what the story is about and where it's going and whether the morals are good or bad ones. Okay, River, do we need to blow our nose? <laughs> I think there's an important thing here about, as it sounds like you're saying, like the intent behind it, and we don't, I don't know, has she come out and made any comments about the, those arguments? Because we know her intent when it comes to trans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's an important point, too, because we, we actually don't know. I, I have not heard whether or not she's come out and said something. Yeah. So that yeah. brings up another problem, I think, not to try to take over the panel, but it no, brings up another fine. problem. Please. Is, Please uh, go for it. Really quick before you leave, I wanted to say thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> but it's like, are we, are, we being, are we getting upset on someone else's behalf? Yeah, like this. You know, are we offended yeah. for somebody who's not necessarily offended? offended. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens yeah. a lot too. That's an important yeah. conversation. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I've never, I'm also a Jew, and I'm an accountant. So, <laughs> okay, I'm an auditor. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not. I, mean, I, I've, I read the, the books, and I never, ever thought about the correlation between. Um, the goblins and the Jewish people. Okay. Well, that that actually really blew my mind because I have a, I wrote a fantasy novel that did nothing. So, I, okay, but my one of the I have goblins in them, and they are a predatory race where they they prey on other mammals that they they are encountered in longboats, and so I'm like, oh god, what am I saying here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have no association with them with Jewish people, so I, wow. I, like Chaz was saying, we're not up here to speak for anyone of any community that we are not a part of, for sure. Yeah. It's just these are things that we have heard from members of those communities, and that's a good viewpoint to share also, is that we're hearing a couple people from the Jewish community that are saying, that was never thing for them, and that's great that you were not hurt by that. That's honestly very good to hear. I'm happy about that. But I'm like, we're not here to tell anybody what to do either. Yeah. yeah. We're here, like, I mean, we came up with the idea for this panel, and I made kind of an outline to just have a general structure of things we could talk about. But I think if this, this, all of this, like chatting and conversation, when we put together a panel, we hope for this kind of thing. Okay. Well, no, this because it's always I've, more fun to have conversations. I have thought about this a lot because I did not grow up with Harry Potter, but definitely older. <laughs> yeah. But it became a very far, big part of, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. my life. And, and I did, I, I've thought about it a lot, not just um, Harry Potter, but just in general of it's very difficult if I were to cut every single piece of art out because I didn't like the creator I wouldn't have anything probably yeah. because everybody has got something that they've screwed up somewhere um, and I don't know where to draw the I really don't know where to draw the um, I mean, I mean, there's definitely things where I'm gonna be like, oh hell no, but I don't know where that yeah. line is, and I haven't figured it out yet, and I'm still trying to figure that out. If that's that makes any sense. I think that's um, so bad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Sorry, sorry. Most, most, most mythology uh, is unpleasant or stems from unpleasant things if you go back far But But I mean, even specifically, like, okay, so like, I'm sorry, Orson Scott Card is a shit. He is. He is. Mm. Yeah. His writing is amazing. And it's really hard. And I have so many people it. love what was it the the, the the one that got turned into the movie? Interesting, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was so validating. Some of the stuff, some of the stuff yeah, and energy. So I, it's hard because I'm like his. I mean, even his stuff that really does have a lot more of his political views in it is it's good writing though, and. It's really hard to be like, I'm never going to read Narcissus Scott Cardinal well, again. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't know what to do. I just don't. If you want to read his books, no one's saying yeah. you have to spend money to read Oh, them. sure. I, a library is a great thing. A library is beautiful. All my stuff comes from library almost. So, yeah. yeah. The question is, does it change your view? And I see this because like, I was yeah. a music major, right? Yeah. And so I remember there were a couple singers I loved. Mm -hmm. One specifically, I remember Madam Mosquito and I talked about it. Yeah. Like, she got kicked out of the Met because she was horrendous. They made sweatshirts about her leaving. And I, <laughs> and I loved listening to her. She was one of my favorite sopranos. And now I hear her, and I don't uh -huh. find her beautiful uh -huh. because I know who she was as a uh -huh. person, and she's still alive. Uh -huh. And that goes back to still being alive. Do we let people? Yeah. Do we hold them to that? higher standards? Should we hold them to higher standards? Should we, like you said, should we let people be able to make a mistake and not keep bringing it back up? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I wanted to see Top Gun too, <laughs> but I don't want to make. Any dime into Tom Cruise's no, pocket. Yeah, no, no, I totally saw Maverick. Sorry. <laughs> but, but I was there. But, but I, I, I did. I, I did come up with a way to see it without paying any money. It's. I think for me anyway. I mean, I, I would like to hear you, you guys. Um, no, I, I would like to hear you guys' view too. Um, but I think it's it's. It's very difficult, and you kind of have to make your own decisions about it. For me personally, I don't have a problem if, if a celebrity or an author or an artist that I like mm -hmm. makes a mistake or says something stupid because mm -hmm. it's inevitable mm -hmm. because of social media. Well, and you're human. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and we're all up in each other's cornflakes all the time, mm -hmm. and celebrities, you know, what they eat for breakfast and all this other crap. And I, the mystique of being a celebrity is gone. So now everybody needs to thinks like thinks that they need to know everything about everyone, mm -hmm. and inevitably, if you hold the microscope mm -hmm. to someone's life, mm -hmm. at some point down the road, they're going to say something that you're going to disagree with. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that, provided that if they are told that they've said something or done something that's offended someone or they've made a mistake in some way, shape, or form, that they come out and say, "Hey, I said this stuff or I did this." You know, and uh, half the time it's like 15 years ago I made a post on yeah, Reddit or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and now yeah. people are really offended by it. Yeah. I was just joking around with my friends, and now I realize that it's insensitive and I apologize. If they apologize for it, yeah, yeah, then, then I'm cool with it. You know, as long as I say, hey, look, I said these things, I messed up, you know, blah, 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 whatever their reasoning for it was, but if they just say, hey, look, I'm really sorry, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because, you know, if they had said it just amongst their friends when nobody was really looking, we wouldn't. We would never know. But because we got that magnifying glass yeah. on their lives, now we're listening to every single thing that comes out of their mouth, whether it's meant for public consumption or not. And then you know, and then everybody has a reaction about it. And it's like, uh, 
I'm really sorry about that. So to me, it's like I there there's some grace that I think could be made, mm-hmm. but when that person says something or does something offensive and then they double down on it and triple and, and triple down, yeah, and yeah. then use millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Then at that point, then it's like, okay, no, you are a jerk, you know, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel. But I'm kind of curious. What yeah, you guys that's, I get that because I get like not everybody like I mean not everything's perfect. Sometimes you say something dumb, mm-hmm. and sorry. I I like I generally do agree with that idea. Like if somebody says something awful, but then they come back around and they're sincere about how they messed up mm-hmm. instead of just the non-apology apology, mm-hmm. which is I'm very sorry if anyone was offended by what I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry you felt that way about me being sorry. Sorry. Right. right. That's yeah. not an apology. Yeah. <laughs> and like like for me and like this particular thing like it was very it was a very important thing the fandom was a very important thing for me and the communities around that fandom and the lessons in the work are still important and they're still valid which is one of the things it's like there are people like I'm not going to tell anybody they have to go throw away all their Harry Potter books or roast marshmallows in the flames. <laughs> but how do you choose how how people continue to choose to engage with everything you're related to it is up to them. I will encourage people to if they still want like Harry Potter cool Harry Potter swag or something buy it buy an unlicensed yeah. product from an yeah. independent yeah. artist yeah. preferably yeah. one that's queer. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's, that's, a fair, that's, very, that's very fair. Yeah, we're second hand. And it's like, we have a couple of banners in our house, like for the, like with the houses, and we have one for like the, like Makusa, whatever it was, yeah. like the yeah. Fantastic for, for, Yeah. We're planning on taking those down and hanging up our gish flags. And it's like, I don't know what we're going to do with them, but we don't feel comfortable having them up because we've been in the message. We've been talking to people and like we have a friend who just very recently transitioned and we just we're like we want to be really sensitive to that. So they're like what they how they feel whenever they, whenever they come over. Yeah. At the same time I think of my niece, her partner, well recent partner uh, is trans mm-hmm. and she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. And I gave her all of my Harry Potter things because I didn't feel like keeping them. And she still wears them, and she's happy. And you know what? She can separate it. And and I, we kind of talked about that. Like, you know, how does that feel with your partner? And you know, again, she felt like the art was separate from the artist. Well, here's my question, and this is, you know, we talk about a lot of this in in terms of um, monetary support for the artist. Okay. The artist isn't the only person who's monetarily supported in a lot of this stuff. The movies, for example, how many people are getting royalties, you know, the actors. I don't know. Again, there's that. What do you do? I just don't know. The actors got paid already. Yeah, there's, there's is, a is lot. That, is that, like, really the view? I mean, I don't, I'm just asking because, I mean, it's not just the main actors. It's other, smaller, too, right? So. It's, my view is the mm-hmm. actors have gotten paid, the writers got paid, the producers mm-hmm. got paid. What I won't do is give mm-hmm. more money to that turf, J.K. Rowling. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need to buy new mm-hmm. shit from her. Yeah. 
And this was a big discussion that came up when the video mm -hmm. game was released. Yeah, so I was going to say the video game and stuff. And I'll, yeah, that's right. The writers and developers, because there yeah. was actually a, a known white supremacist on as one of the writers of that game who incorporated stuff into it. And they did terminate his mm -hmm. contract, mm -hmm. but it was already in the yeah, game. Yeah, I wouldn't have even known that. It was already, no it's already that. in the game, and it's yeah, I'm not um, playing that game, and, so and it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. implied anti yeah. But I just wanted to mention because the it's the image, right? You two want to take down the the banners just kind of because mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable, even though I I love the stories and fandom mm -hmm. and everything. I'm not comfortable displaying that because the 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 meaning of the of the symbol is now is. of the flag or whatever yeah. the meaning of the Harry Potter symbol is now representative of the opinion of the author to a general extent. It's not like, mm -hmm. you know, the swastika is now mm -hmm. got yeah. a new meaning when we yeah, did it before, but there's, there's implied. <laughs> yeah. And there have been businesses, there's mm -hmm. one locally that I absolutely love mm -hmm. here in Tucson, who's very um, pro-queer and has been very supportive mm -hmm. of the trans community, mm -hmm. who did a whole Harry Potter cookie line. Mm -hmm. And when people kind of called them out and said, hey, you know, this isn't this mm -hmm. kind of makes it feel a little less safe. They're like, well, look, we did a trans flag one. Yeah, that doesn't balance out. Yeah, so, and, yeah. They, and they, no. didn't, they didn't necessarily double down, mm -hmm. but they didn't acknowledge mm -hmm. that it could be mm -hmm. indicating to the community they wanted to reach out to mm -hmm. that they weren't safe people. Right. And that's what I was saying at the beginning, too, mm -hmm. is that... Right. Yeah. Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, just, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, that I don't ever want to give the impression that I am not a safe person, mm -hmm. you know. So it's one of those things where, like again, her handwriting is on my arm. I will be getting it covered up at some point. It's happened yet, <laughs> but uh, I think supporting it is is kind of like you believe what she believes, you know. And so it's like I don't ever want to put that impression out there. It's implied consent, yeah. yeah, you know. And so it's it, as far as you were saying, like, I don't know where the line is. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's ever going to be a mm -hmm. black and white answer to that, mm -hmm. and that sucks. But there's so much in life that you don't have that. And yeah, it's a matter of if you have critically evaluated it, mm -hmm. and if it still brings you joy, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. you know? it's, for me, when it comes to I, I have critically evaluated it, and so many other things came out that when I'm reading it, it makes me feel dirty, <laughs> you know? So it's like, for me, I can't do it, you know? Like, I'm not gonna give her any more money. I'm not going to promote anything of hers. I, don't, I wanna make sure that the, my friends and the communities around me know that I am a safe person and that I've heard them, you know? And again, no community is going to have one voice. Right, yeah, and right. so they're always like, I have gay friends that eat Chick fil A, and that's yeah. great. They love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to, but they do, and that's great. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm there with you. There's a place I don't go to. I'd like to throw this on the thing, but yeah. either way. Well, well, before you do, I, I'd like to yeah. do Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, we'd like to. I had to leave. My mother was calling at a weird time. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's, it's after t nine. She never calls. Me. Oh, you called me three hours ago. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Thanks, mom. I'm gonna go take care of my adrenaline rush now. Yeah. I'm glad everything's all right. Yeah, me too. So, and I noticed she called twice and went, okay, the last time that happened was really bad. <laughs>
Um, so I wasn't able to, you know, yeah. Like, so yeah, just my like opinion. a lot of your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So I, for a while, we, I was, we had this uh, a, a panel like this. Yeah. That I was a guest. Yes. And I had thought about it, and my it was a bonding point for my nephews and I mm -hmm. when we were growing up. My nephew, when he was in fourth grade, read uh, the fourth book. Mm -hmm. And I watched the progression of this fourth book mm -hmm. as it, you know, he read it and then he read it again and the mm -hmm. dust cover was gone. He read it again. The next time I saw it, it was, the cover was getting torn up. So he read yeah. it again. The next cover was gone. Well loved. Yeah. And then the next one, he was on the first half. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was my thing when I would... I and Shelby would go to the, the nightly mm -hmm. premiere and I would get which nephew the book. And I just I couldn't let that go because I was like, I'm in. Yeah. And um, my nephews are now thirty and twenty six, so they're in form. And then I felt so much better when oldest nephew, the one that wrote read the book to shreds, she goes, She's a <laughs> okay, that answers my question that I have. So, you know, but even with that, so I, I have these books, I'm like, what am I going to do with them? <laughs> the other thing is, is I'm a crafter, and I've sold my crafts, and I have a bunch of fabric. I have all this Harry Potter fabric that I refuse to sell. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? So I'm going to probably put it on eBay. I don't know. Get some money back. Uh, but it also comes down to it's a personal choice. Exactly. You know, I, I, it is not for me. I, I, you know, when I took my house test and I tested into Ravenclaw, I was so happy. I'm in my, I think it was in my 40s somewhere when I finally went in there and I always thought, a lot of people always thought I'm uh, treating me like I was stupid. Oh, I'm like, damn it, I got into Ravenclaw. <laughs> so immediately my confidence went boop. And um, I, you know, I, I, that confidence is not gone. So I, yeah. I do think that. But I also believe that whatever gets some of these kids, they're here because they're very popular. And I am never going to say anything. I just can't because these kids are here. Harry Potter saved their life. Yeah. Okay. So an extent, this woman. Uh, yeah. Did as well. So she, you know, she, for me, she's, she's, she, she's done her purpose. These kids are here. So yeah. it's up to those kids to what they want to do. And, you know, if, it, if you still need to be in that fandom, do it. Right. It's all personal choice, you know, and you're talking about when someone messes up online, do they have an opportunity to learn? Do they have, do they want to learn? You know, I grew up um, my dad's family was incredibly racist, and dad, to an extent, was too, but he learned, and he always told me, do better. And so we watched, my sister and I watched the racism from that side of the family just dilute itself, and it was a really cool thing to watch. My grandmother told me one time before she passed, she says, you know, I used to say really bad things about Mexicans, and you know what, I was wrong. That's amazing. And I told her I was so proud of her. So, you know, it, it's, you got to find your wins mm -hmm. where you can. Yeah. And there's the thought, too, that, like, the fandom has taken it and it's not <laughs> anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Too, you know. Yeah. So there's, there's that thought.
This is ours now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be here any longer. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. You know you're taking the bus and crown yourself queen of Turf Town. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is ours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I, I read some of it on the internet somewhere. I can't take full credit. And with me, one of my big things was um, I was one of the kids that uh, it really, really affected me. You know, like I always struggled with depression, like my entire life, and so seeing the Dementors and how that was that was depression, like that was a symbolic of depression in the books, and so seeing that and that there's a way to deal with it, eating chocolate, I'm like I can do that. That's great. Which is why I have like, this tattoo is because this is a reminder of that you can always get out of it. There's always something yeah. to, you know. So messages like that are so important and they're things that are valid to this day, you know, and it helps save a lot of people. And so that's why it's so it's hard. hard. You know? It's, it's like hard. There's stuff yeah. in there that it's like, yes, this is good. This part is good. There is something so. valid that she did yeah. to right. have those outcomes for people. But mm-hmm. I, I did want to throw out this idea. Question, so. Mm-hmm. That, well, the one thing is, okay, is it the intent with which something is done, or is it the outcome of the action that matters? That's mm. a, I don't know. I would say yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, both, exactly. It's both, yeah. yeah so, uh, quick thing I'd like to share on that is, intent can make something bad, but it does not defeat the outcome. So, if the outcome of something is bad, it doesn't matter what the intent was, you have to acknowledge the effect, regardless of the so, if somebody intentionally causes harm, that's bad. But even unintentionally having caused harm, need to acknowledge, as you said earlier, and move forward from that. Apologize and be better. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard. My my thought on this is that it's that is part of separating the art from the artist. That's the thing that's really difficult for 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 me personally. It's it's hard because the Harry Potter books overall have done a lot of really good things for a lot of people. I mean, the fact that she could write a children's book that got children all over the world yeah. to read yeah. 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 Even more than that, they wanted yeah. to play video games, more than they wanted to to do just about anything else. They just wanted to read. Behavior of a generation because right. that entire generation reads more than their predecessors. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so with that, you you look at the effect and you say, man, the effect was fantastic. But I believe, for me anyway, her attitude and her thought process was, to me, a betrayal. Because I wanted to believe that she believed in the things that she wrote. But then I would see an interview with her where she's talking to children and somebody, you know, one of the kids says, you know, so do you believe in magic? And then she said, no, magic isn't real. Oh. And I was like, um, you probably should have cleared that answer with your publicist because that doesn't sound, it's, it's not, you know, now you're not being authentic with what you wrote. But then she kind of, as time went on, you got to see more and more of the fact that it was like, it, it felt to me like I wrote this because it could make me a lot of money. Yeah. And I said these things because, hey, and it turned out to be popular and kids really liked it. I've made a, a crap ton of cash. Yay me. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like she kind of didn't care about the audience as much. So, That's how it felt to me. 
I'm just saying this is how it felt. I'm okay. not saying this is how no, it felt. No, is. no, no. It brings up a good question, though, is that how much of it is because we know, you know, it, it, someone just lies through their teeth and says, oh, yeah, I believe in all this stuff. Blah, blah. Is that better? <laughs> I, I, that's a question. I mean, that's my question. I don't know. You know, because... I think if you're if you're a children's author yeah. who's written an yeah. enormous series about yeah. a wizarding school and a yeah. bunch of young children who are learning wizardry, yeah. and a little child is looking at you <laughs> and asks, yeah. "You do we magic?" You say you can go So just kind of, it, it, it'll tie in with this, but to go back to the, you know, is it the intent or the, the effect that's more important? And one of the things that I've learned over time writing and doing things like that, I haven't published fiction yet, but I've done nonfiction. Once it's out of my hands and in the world, the effect, the interpretation doesn't belong to me. Right. So... Like like we said, we don't need Rowling anymore. We've got the books, and our interpretation belongs to us. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can make the choice is whether or not we're going to continue to reward her for right. bad behavior because of our interpretation of what she's already created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's the separating the, mm-hmm. the art from the artist. Our interpretation doesn't belong to her. Mm-hmm. So what we find... What, we, what we've attached to, mm-hmm. and it's just with any artist or author, what we've attached to, what's drawn us mm-hmm. to it, isn't necessarily anything that she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like she she just didn't really care. She she's didn't seem like she wanted. No, she she's kind of just represented. Oh, oh look, I I made a bunch of money, and now I can say whatever I want because I'm not going to have to worry yeah. about mm-hmm. you know retirement or, or you know, anything like that, right? right? She's got more money than sense, so um, she doesn't need us anymore either. No, clearly. Well, she's continuing to write other fiction. Right. So I think it's important to, I'm not defending her by any means, but I think it's important, this idea of separating art from artists is a hard one. Like Lenny Rufenstein, who did all those propaganda films for, you know, Hitler. You know, I took film history, and, you know, those are quite stunning films. You know, so the film itself you can appreciate, right? A better example is probably like D.W. Griffith with his Birth of the Nation from 19, uh, it was, his, till his day is probably still the, if you just were inflation, uh, the biggest money made of all time from 1919. It single-handedly restarted the KKK all by its lonesome because it just kept being shown time and time and time again at that time because it told the story of the South from you know, Southern's perspective and got that whole thing going again. But D.W. Griffith was sort of like the like father of modern filmmaking in terms of how a story is told and narrated. So it's like, I think you have very deeply flawed individuals. And I see her as one of these, right? So she's able to create wonderful art, but she is a deeply flawed person. But D.W. Griffith is dead and not profiting off of his equal. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's, I think it's, from my way of thinking about it, it's 
there it is art there. Now, whether I go and buy any more Harry Potter books, that's a separate issue entirely. I'm just saying there's still art there, and there's still art that has its own value, regardless of how horrendous of a person she might be. And it's, I think that's what makes it difficult, is because there is art there. And it is right, it's something art. to appreciate, right? But we can also acknowledge that, like I said before, rewarding her now for that um, when she's already gotten more than she needs, and and yeah, and she's at a point where she can act within impunity and no repercussions really for her attitudes and, and opinions. Um, so, yeah, so why does she have to even feign caring whether or not people feel threatened by or feel like they are unsafe um, because of her work? Yeah. And, no, and it doesn't necessarily mean Harry Potter, right, is, is a bad thing, but although there are some things in it that I've seen have been interpreted in different ways um, that are not all good, uh, but yeah, like I said before, I think it has to do with that separating art from the artist. I don't think you can do it, but just understand that your interpretation of that art does not belong to the artist. And go with that. And then whether you decide that you want to continue to buy what is being produced after that, it's, that's, that's a, a moral and ethical decision you have to make on your own. So let's flip my question around. My question what happens if we have a very good effect that was undertaken with bad intent? Yeah. So now, do we give any credit to the person with bad intent? You laugh at them and you say, how oh, you tried to be backfired. No, no, I, well, no, I, like in, no, the, in the case of, I just want to make money, but now all these kids are reading. There's a good, a good effect that came from not the greatest of intentions in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, we're just, the, the one problem we have, though, with that is that mm -hmm. in, in terms of the overall picture, we're not, mm -hmm. we don't really actually know her intention. That's part well, of the problem. Well, sure, That's but that I, was your impression, was that it was right, really right. just for making money. Right, right. Always guessing it. After, yeah, after hearing point. her yeah. talk and yeah. hearing other interviews and hearing yeah. how she's treating the trans community, etc., yeah. my thought is, oh, well, I've already got your cash, so I can say whatever. Yeah, which is the impression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if that's how she actually feels or how mm -hmm. she felt when she wrote that. Right. Whether money changed her, because we know, scientifically speaking, mm -hmm. once you make a shit ton of money, sorry for my French, <laughs> but once you make a whole bunch of money, a lot of money, <laughs> to say that, um, it absolutely changes your brain chemistry to where you no longer see yourself as, you know, a poor struggling person because now you've got a billion dollars. And now you're like, it changes how you act, it changes how you treat other people, et cetera. Um, and they, they, they have proven that scientifically. So that could have been something that happened where she started out with the best of intentions and then just kind of became this kind of unstoppable monster. But I don't know. Because I mean, I think overall, I think it kind of how you choose to separate it too depends on whether or not you have children. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you have to explain to them if they look up to her and say, I want to be a writer just like her, and then their parents are like, oh, well, yeah, maybe not. And then that, that gets kind of confusing. So how do you explain that? You know, because I think children, like I said, I think children all over the world look up to her because she was the creator of this thing that they love so much. Yeah, and then, like, <clears throat> some of my friends who are, yeah, but, like, 
like they are in that they're the right age that they engaged with Harry Potter a lot when they were younger and now they're having children of their own and one of them has talked about has kind of talked a little bit about well I love these books and they meant a lot to me and now I have these feelings about it and I'm not sure if I really want to introduce this to her and I think I mean you know and again that's a conversation that's something that her and her husband are gonna have to figure out but it's nice because I had found something online one day that was people suggesting different series that were very match that were you know magical similar kind of content by different authors that weren't terrible and so this friend commented and was like please tell me about this like one of the ones on the list please tell me about this one and then like multiple people joined the conversation and it was a really lovely thread <laughs> So part, of, part of the appeal of the Harry Potter thing is that whole community that now you're part of, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the interesting community that's yeah. other things. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's the interesting you know, thing. Exactly. It's like having that community of people who like a lot of similar things where we can get together and have conversations mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. And again, I mean it's like in like we said at the beginning, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're all gonna, we're all just talking about how we engage. Do we want to? And if you do, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. And the interesting thing that I wanted to mention about, like talking about the effects, like all these people got all these kids read. The generation that grew up with Harry Potter are the same people who took a lot. A lot of them took all those values to heart, mm -hmm. and they're the ones that have called that first called her to account. And all the rest of us are like, what? Yeah. Isn't she just kind of like a villain in some ways, where villains believe that, you know, they are the heroes? Yes. Of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't she just like, in some ways, the archetypical villain from that perspective? Right. Just like a real life villain. Yeah. yeah. They start off nice, yeah. you like them, you grow to love them, and. And they go down the dark side, right? And, you know, somehow power corrupts. She probably doesn't have anybody around her saying, hey, you know, we need to tone some of this down. And if they did, she probably just doesn't speak to them anymore. Or her fires. Because there are yes people. You don't want to have all yes people. You don't have all yes people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was no people are the good ones. Wondering about when I was reading the series as it came out, was I was imagining, especially towards the end, like Deathly Hollows, I was imagining having a kid who was 11 years old and starting the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and of course, when he finishes one, he's going to want to go on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So he's going to be done before he's 12. Yeah. And, you know. There's, yeah, just there's, reading them as an they, adult. They get darker more. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, when I was like reading those as an adult, I was, I got to, I think it's book five where we meet Umbridge. Yeah. And like basically oh, yeah. torturing Harry. Yeah. And I'm there with my book and like, <laughs> I did not think about that. What? <laughs> no, it's, and my friend's kids went through this because my friend's kids, my friend's kids are younger than, you know, they were younger. You know, they're, what, 
14 and 16 now, almost 17. So clearly all the books were out when they started reading yeah. them. And yes, yeah, you're like, uh, okay. Imagine the I forgot where I, somebody said something where this, this came to mind. Um, with the Harry Potter series and J.K. with the Harry Potter series, one of the major lessons that it taught me and people is that your heroes eventually are probably going to expose themselves as horribly human to you at some point. And I, I'm not saying this because we're at a panel like this right now. I'm saying this because it's been my experience in the past 15 years or so. I really thought that that was like a universe, that it was a universal message that this probably applies to the author too. You know, um, I it always like point blank. It always occurred to me. I'm like, J.K. Rowling, I see you. You know, because she was a hero to a lot. She was a hero to me. She was a hero to a lot of people. And a hero that came from me is a human. And it really, really sucked. It, it's it was that part of life happening. You know. The thing is, another type of lesson these books teach us is once the thing is put into your hands, and let's say the people in charge, or the previous generation, or the whoever else, it's just they're not doing it right, or they're not, it's not going to be enough with them. I mean, you put it in my hands, and now it's in my hands. You know, you taught me magic, and now I can use magic, and you're not defeating the bad person well enough, so I'm the person too, or better, or more. So, when it comes for, when it comes to you know things that are inherently now attached to the story, all that's attached to the story is the story that you received. You know necessarily, all that needs to be attached is your attachment to it. Because J.K. Rowling doesn't get to tell me or anybody what the story means. You I think this is one of those things where like I mean probably this is maybe it's a failing of mine. I'll be honest. I never think about the artist a lot of times. I'll be honest. If I see a picture, I mean, usually, I mean, I obviously, I know lots of people who make art. I enjoy them as people, but I, if I see a picture somewhere, I don't usually think about the person who created it. <laughs> and that's probably a failing. That's probably something that either diminishes me or, or it can diminish the art because, you know, you might know some, you might appreciate a piece. I mean, just in general, like any kind of artwork. If you do know the person, but I mean, sometimes I look into a person, but a lot of times I don't. And I don't know, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> most people that's why copyright law fails. Well, that's probably true, actually. That's yeah, no, that's very probably true. Photography on site. Yeah. So, as a trans person in the room, I didn't want to. Not say this before we got out. Mm -hmm. At least my opinion and mm -hmm. something else that came out that she said the other day were just calling women rapists flat out. Oh, I'm sorry, what? 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 Yeah, yeah. She was responding to somebody else's tweet and instead of saying trans women, she said rapists. So, you know, she's she's not being a nice person. My line in all of this is I read the books as an adult. I was helping raise some kids at the time and was very happy to have them read. I went to the book openings. The book release was my last when they, the, at least five, six, and seven when they came out. Um, to your point, sir, if I had a little kid again, 
I would gradually <laughs> let him read the books and kind of lie to him and say, you got to read the school year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Okay. That's got it. Okay. <laughs> and then they can read the rest of it. I think that's actually a really good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a torture. Kid, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. That book isn't released yet. You've got to match the maturity yeah. of your child. Right. And that's, you know, a personal parent. Where I am with it, though, having read them as a adult, having enjoyed them, having done some community with it, and also being sorted into the Raven Claw. I'm still quite I don't want to give her any more. I just don't want to give her any more money. She's being an awful person, yeah. and I don't want to support her awfulness. Yeah. I like to enjoy the fantasy, the fiction, Star Trek. Yeah. And I have younger kids now telling me how awful the original series is <laughs> because they see all the sexism they never grew up Well, they're not wrong, however. No, however, wrong, but, however, yeah. However, however, you know, they don't have the same connection to the original right. series right. that I do. Um, other people aren't going to have the same connection to very as, as somebody who's a living author, I just don't want to get anything. I made a crack about here about you know, one of these days I'll get the video games. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, like, you know, if she died, could we just, you know, like, do we just throw out the whole idea of character and we stop caring? I don't know. I still well, think it's important to talk about even if she's dead, though. Even if she was dead, she's not dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't let that pass. Yeah. Oh no! But I, but I'm saying it's like if she if she died, it'll be. I'm not saying. There'll be a line of trans people probably waiting to be on the train. Okay. That's fair. That's totally fair. Listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out DD Journey of the Fifth Edition and Ragnarok and Roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind the scenes things, as well as joining us for a one shot game or two.